With so much of sophistry that is passed off as truth, with so much of deception concerning standards and values, with so much of allurement and enticement to take on the slow stain of the world, we have felt to warn and forewarn. Welcome to the TJ Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Desert Nation and the official podcast for TNComesJavelin.com. This podcast and TNComesJavelin.com are part of the Radio Free Deseret Media Network. I'm JP. Um, I'm joined here by Dustin Turner, PhD, Editor-in-Chief of TNComesJavelin.com. How are you doing this week, Dustin? Hey, we're doing great, JP. Uh, just to start off, we'd like to remind you to like us on Facebook at TNComesJavelin or follow us on Twitter at the TJ Podcast. You can follow JP on Twitter at JP Bellum. Uh, and you can follow me at the DMT1232, at least until my next suspension. How do you, <laughs> how does that sound? I've been suspended for anything that I did wrong. <laughs> That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So we'd uh, appreciate all of your uh, feedback this week on our last week's podcast. We got several five-star reviews, including from the Progmos. Every one-star review that you gave us gave JP life. And I love it. Seriously, send send the hate my way from a Progmo. I'll take it. I just I yeah, and it. it was really funny that we were told that we needed to love more in the most hateful way p- possible. Um, <laughs> Make sure to check out the website at tncomesjavelin.com. Uh, we won't cover it today, but there's been a story about the pro- proclamation um, readers, and we've been the exclusive home of that story. Uh, one of our readers wrote a blog this week on our site that has received thousands and thousands of views. So join us at tncomesjavelin.com. Yeah, tra- traffic's been way up, hasn't it, been this last week? Well, the, the love is there. People love it. And we're giving them the news, the, the news that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, that's good. And, and from a perspective that I think is, is underrepresented, especially uh, in, in the social media world. Yeah, that's true. I mean, these are these are firsthand primary sources from people that are defending our faith. And they're the, they're the voices that we want to get out there because they don't get out there enough. Right. So, JP, before we talk about BYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's obviously the the, the elephant in the room. Um, this week earlier on social media, on Sunday, I sent out a tweet about my my meeting with my the first time I've met my bishop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we recently moved from Washington State to Texas because of freedom and everything. And... So this week was my first week in the ward, and I recounted on Twitter very briefly. I said, I, I went up to my bishop after church, and I shook his hand, just wanted to greet him. I said, hello, bishop, I'm Brother Turner. And we exchanged some small talk, and this is really how it went down. And he said, oh, what do you do for work, and, and where are you living, and, and how many kids do you have, and all the all the sort. And we were getting ready to, to say goodbye, and I turned around and he said, hey, hey, I didn't get your first name. And I said, oh, my name's Dustin. And he paused for a second. 
And he said, um, I don't know how to ask you this, but are you on Twitter? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Why? He said, are you Dustin Turner, Ph.D.? <laughs> and he said I with the PhD and everything and I'm like oh my gosh he used my my preferred suffix no I'm just kidding but right <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm, I'm Dustin Turner PhD <laughs> so uh yeah he knows me so you're having membership council soon I'm just kidding very soon I will have <laughs> I'll have membership council so well that's the thing is there's an update oh, okay a couple of updates so okay. I haven't told anybody this, um, but Tuesday night I got a text from the ward executive secretary and he asked my wife and I if we could meet with the bishop this Sunday. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, busted. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do that. So the twist in the story is this morning at quarter quarter to six when we woke up, the alarm goes off and I have my three-year-old jump into bed. And, you know, he's, you know, he's hugging us and whatnot. And my, my wife is playing with his hair because he's got really curly hair. And, and she notices that he's got lice. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, he's got lice. And uh, turns out all five of my boys uh, were infected. And so we've been dealing with that all day. And um, anyway, the, the whole thing is, is we started the podcast late because, you know, I was the last one today to get my treatment. I got treated. Oh, okay. So what does this all have to do with anything? Well, my, my worry is, is my wife told me if the treatment doesn't work today and it gets into tomorrow and we're still having problems, I may have to present myself to the bishop as a skinhead. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, what do you think, JP? I, should we, should we, you know, confirm his bias or <laughs> preconceived notions? Just show up to church with a, a clean-shaven head. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, that it's possible. Be... Maybe the Lord, the Lord wants this. He He wants me to shave my head. And then, and, and then you walk in, and then you walk in with your Mexican wife. I mean, that that's some incongruity there. Well, the only the only explanation that I'd be able to offer at that point is. I got cancer from reading BCC. Right? <laughs> and you're doing chemo treatments. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing is he would get the joke. So hi Bishop. <laughs> he he would understand the joke. We would laugh. It would be a great time. So anyway, there's there's story time. Let's get into BYU, buddy. If you've been paying attention on social media, you see or you know about the honor code clarification letter that came out from Paul V. Johnson. Elder Paul V. Johnson, he's the commissioner of the uh, church education system. And basically, it says what we've kind of suspected all along, that BYU and BYU-Idaho, Hawaii, Ensign uh, College in Salt Lake, they all, uh, they're all in accordance that they're not going to have same-sex date, hold hands, kiss uh, behavior you know, homosexual behavior on campus. And that's what they define as homosexual behavior. So that caused uh, basically, I wouldn't say riots, but it caused a whole bunch of problems at BYU. There's people protesting and um, a few small counter protests. Do you think this was a surprise at all? 
Well, I mean, the the thing that upsets me the most is we're going to have to delete last week's podcast because it means nothing now, right? No. <laughs> well, yeah. They're going to listen to it like, well, now we know the end of the story. but Yeah. So the, um, I mean, obviously it kind of went down as we thought it would. Um, I don't think that we were surprised that doctrine hadn't changed. I don't think we were surprised that the, you know, the counterculture would react as the way, the way that they did. We're not surprised by really anything that went down. Uh, it, you know, truth is, truth is truth as, as, uh, president Nelson has stated. And, you know, it's our job to, you know, uphold the doctrine and, and also to, to help those who are struggling with this to understand, you know, the why uh, I think a lot of times, you know, when I was a kid and I was in, in an institute, I had a teacher that explained to me that the youth, they thirst for, they thirst for doctrine and they thirst for why they don't thirst for behaviors. They don't want to be told what to do, but they want to be told why. And I think people in, in our position who've been through the, you know, the grind of life, you know, have the ability to explain why. And, and obviously the apostles with all their experience and, and their wisdom and knowledge, they've explained why. And, and I think that, you know, what happened this week with, you know, President Ballard and, and President Uchtdorf, if we were, if we were listening close, closely, we could hear the why in their message. I think a lot of people were listening for kind of what their own talking points were. And I think they kind of glossed over the, the, you know, the reasoning of the messages. Well, we saw that a little think? bit, we saw a little bit with, with uh, Elder Uchtdorf when he gave his talk uh, at BYU, Idaho, it was more about who you're, who you want to become, who, who you have the ability to become and what you need to sacrifice in order to become that. He talked a little bit about being a fighter pilot and the sacrifices necessary to become a fighter pilot. If you wanted to become a fighter pilot, there were certain things you had to give up. And his whole kind of message was, if you want to be with Heavenly Father again, if you want to be with your uh, heavenly parents forever and your family, there are certain things you're going to have to give up. There are certain things that you're going to have to um, comply with, the commandments, covenants you have to keep. And it's not going to be easy, but that's the important part is giving those things up, sacrificing the things that are important, that may be important to you in the short term for the long-term benefit. And I think a lot of people read that according to how they wanted the, the outcome of the honor code fiasco to go. And I think the same thing happened with Ballard, uh, President Ballard. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we're covenanted to, to sacrifice, sacrifice everything um, in this life, you know, that maybe, you know, up to and including our own life, if, if so need be. And what is often uh, talked about is, you know, what, what are our, what are our idols, you know? And I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Danny's piece, he talked about, you know, smashing idols. And, you know, if we're not able to sacrifice what is even most important to us, well, we're. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of people not being able to sacrifice what's not even most important to them. Or they're making little things, you know, very, very important to them. And, and when, and those are, you know, basically what's become idols, 
and and idolatry is what's keeping a lot of people from you know entering the kingdom you know we're we're promised um you know glory uh no matter what we do in this life uh that that's the grace of of christ but we are as i think president nelson said it last april he said you know he said it really bluntly he said if you're not if you're not living the gospel of jesus christ you're accepting second best right and that could sound pretty mean if if you or i said it like that well you're just accepting second best you know how how do you think somebody would react? Yeah, well, President Nelson probably said it in a much more loving way than I than I have in a meme or something, <laughs> right? But at the same time, it, it's direct and and it's straight to the point and it's the truth, right? right? And so, I mean, that's something that we have to deal with now. President Ballard, um, I think it was interesting. We saw all over social media the comments of President Ballard, where he was talking about um, not marginalizing um, groups that we, we shouldn't um, belittle people. We shouldn't um, obviously be racist. We shouldn't be nationalists. I, uh, think, nationalists. I think it was interesting. He, re, he, he right. I wouldn't say he took a lot of heat for it, but a lot of people, I think, misconstrued his meaning of nationalism. He gave that talk a few years ago, and he said mm-hmm. we should get rid of nationalism. And I think a lot of people took that in not the way that he meant it. And I think the clarification he gave there was really interesting. That it was okay to cheer for your nation at like the the world the, the World Cup or the or the Olympics yeah. or to be really proud of the nation that you're a part of because a lot of people were saying hey no we shouldn't be proud of anything that you know that has to do with America or or anything like that and so I, as someone who you know <laughs> believes in in Deseret Nation why couldn't we be proud of our nationality in the kingdom of God right like our our citizenship in the in the in the church. If it's essentially well, a, yeah. a, a citizenship that we all hold when we get baptized, why can't we be proud of that too? And people were like, well, you can't be nationalist. It's like, well, it's not only really nationalist. We're just proud of who we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and I think we want to talk a little bit more about that. But but at the same time, I think the, the overall point was missed a little bit in that the, the, the title of the talk was you're, you're a child of God, right? Mm-hmm. And And the whole point was, we, we shouldn't take something and hold it like our idol. We shouldn't hold it close, right? Or I, our identity. Well, I identify as, as, you know, blonde, or I identify as gay, or I identify as American. You know what I'm saying? Because there's always something a bigger, a bigger identity that we need to clutch onto, and that's as a child of God. And that's something that we're always talking about. You mm-hmm. know, we, we should embrace our identity as a child of God. Now, when you're talking about desert nation, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about actually releasing an idol of, you know, American, right? Which is a very good thing to be proud to be an American, but it's not as important as being proud to be, you know, a follower of Christ. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, so it's basically prioritizing your identities and actually not even, not even holding on to an identity. He, when he's, when he was saying, you know, don't belittle, somebody for their identity i think what people were missing is you can't be belittled if you don't have or if you don't clutch onto that identity does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely like, what certain members on social media were saying is well now you can't persecute me as a gay feminist liberal chinese short-haired huge foreheaded moron <laughs> oh, Mormon, Mormon. and and basically 
by saying, oh, you can't marginalize me as any of those groups, they missed the bigger message. And the bigger message is you shouldn't take that as your primary identity. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm and like, that's what I think. The difference is they're not they, – they come out and say my identity is a marginalized person instead of, hey, you're marginalizing me. You're taking on that right, marginalization exactly. as your persona or as your identity versus, hey, I'm a child of God too, and you're marginalizing that. And I think that's where people got got it confused or, or misconstrued it. I think that the quote that I like from from Neil Maxwell is, if in the end, if you haven't chosen Jesus, then it doesn't matter what else you chose you've chosen. Right, and so I mean that's the whole thing. I'm like, okay, so is the message that I'm taking out that. I should marginalize somebody or that I shouldn't marginalize myself. And, and I think the majority of his message was you're a child of God, you're a child of God, you're a child of God. And he, and he repeated it over and over again. And he said, I want you to hear what I'm saying. And, and, and I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm like, you know what? No, very few people actually heard what he was saying. He was pleading with them to hear what he was saying. So, I mean, I brought that up. The, the last thing I said, Mormon, isn't it kind of inspired the more that we we're two years out from that now that president Nelson has basically said, you know, don't call yourself a Mormon. Mm -hmm. Don't you find that prophetic in, in so many ways? Man, right from the get go. When, when he said that everyone was kind of like scratching their heads and they weren't really sure what it was going on. Like why we've kind of invested in a PR campaign with that, but it's been in the last few years, it's become ever more clear why that was, why that decision was made you know, or why the inspiration was given. Um, it's an, it's an automatic tribal marker. And I, I use tribal in, in, in both bad and good ways here. You can identify okay. friend from foe pretty quickly by those publications or, or websites or Twitter accounts or whatever, what have you that still use the word Mormon. And almost every time they're antagonistic towards the church. Well, and they're, and they're still clutching to their pearl. I identify and, and I identify as Mormon my whole life. I was a Mormon and they can't let it go. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really been a trial of a lot of people's faith to say, no, it's it, Mormon. Isn't my identity. My identity is that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And we take upon us his name. We don't take upon ourselves, you know, the name of Mormon or, or the Mormon culture or whatnot. And so I think that's been really interesting that, you know, if, if we think about it in that context, I had to give up my identity as a Mormon and for something bigger, right? It wasn't a bad thing. My, the first 35 years of my life to be a Mormon. Right. But when I was told that I had to give it up, right. It, it oh, was harder. No big it deal. Was a sacrifice. It, it, it's not, but it's not, a, if it, if, if it wasn't an idol and I said, no, the prophets asked me to do this, then guess what? All it all it is, it's an identity thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you see people. And I thought you see people that, that, really that crops up a lot when people they mention my quote unquote Mormon heritage or my my Mormon uh, ancestors, but they're not living anything their Mormon ancestors stood and died for, right? But they use that as kind of the cloak to wrap themselves in to justify behavior that they're that they that they're participating in. Right. And right. and I that agree. identity, like, like you said, that identity it kind of takes over and it becomes their idol that, well, I am this identity. That's why I do what I do because I'm this person. I've mar then you've marginalized yourself. You know, you've marginalized, you've been marginalized. And then any other person that then quote unquote judges you is also marginalizing or has marginalized you instead of yeah because of that identity that you take on. 
Right. Right. So all of this, you know, you're harming me or you've upset me or you've offended me has come because, in fact, you've got an idol and, and the idol is your identity, it, especially if it's not an identity that is eternal. And, and that's what he was saying. I think I think it was really fascinating talk. If you listen to it, if, if you listen to President Ballard and if you looked in social media, I think you saw two completely different talks. Right. I. It was amazing to me because I didn't listen to his talk until today. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to me how different it was hearing him than it was from like looking at social media and people's own interpretations of it. I thought I thought a lot of people missed the boat on this. So let me ask you real quick, JP. Um, Desnat, are, are there possible pitfalls to quote unquote identifying as Desnat? That that was a question that kind of came to my mind. Oh, absolutely. If you if you put that above the covenants commandments, of course it is. If you walk into church and say, I'm Desnat, and then that's how the way it is, and this is how I am, you've taken that identity on yourself. I think it's if it becomes more important than teaching truth, then absolutely. At the end of the day, it won't I matter. What, what you what hashtag you use on Twitter? If you like, I said with with Neil A. Maxwell, if you've chosen anything other than Jesus Christ, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. I think that it's an interesting thing. I think we talked about this a lot early on, maybe about a year ago or whatnot. Don't defend the hashtag. Defend the church. Defend Christ. Right. And and oftentimes we would have to tell people, hey, the, the hashtag doesn't need defending. The hashtag isn't your identity. The hashtag is just a tool, right? Yeah. But you can use anything as an identity or use anything as, you know, uh, an idol, as we've been talking about. And, and so I just want to kind of, especially for our listeners, people that, that listen to us, to kind of take that in mind as, you know what, this was never meant to be an identity. It was meant to be a tool. It was meant to be a rallying point. It, but, it was also a little bit um, of a LARP. We were having fun with it. It was, it was a way to have fun oh, with of course. friends, you know. What, what does Zang say? Oh, have- yeah. Tell a joke on the internet or something like that. So, yeah, have yeah, tell have friends, you know, good laughs, have right. fun. Yeah, that's the big thing is, you know, for our listeners, it's like people that identify as Desnat maybe should just say, you know what, it's it's a hashtag, it's a group of people that I identify with it because they believe in the things that I believe in, but in in reality, I identify as a as a child of God, as a follower of Christ. And so I think, it, you know, I think we actually do a really good job of that because, um, you know, we don't get offended when people are bashing on us and saying, oh, you know, you're a terrible person. You're terrible. You know, I, that's an interesting thing. I just this just came to mind. So if you're if you're offended by your group or somebody saying something mean about your group, I mean, what I mean, that, I, I find that to be a, a tool of kind of a modern tool of Satan where it's you're, you're part of a collective identity rather than an individual identity. Right. So a lot of times people will make us try to apologize, try to make us apologize for the actions of somebody else. Right. Say, well, so-and-so did this bad thing or said this bad thing. And, and, and do you want to be associated with them or do you, why, why don't you apologize for them? And, and what's that, what, what, it, what that's doing when you, use an identity and you take it upon yourself is you're, you're taking away the individualism that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus Christ, he atoned for each one of us individually. 
and these identities, I'm LGBT or I'm, you know, Mexican or I'm white or so-and-so you can use any identity and what it's doing is taking away the individuality of a person. But isn't that, isn't that kind of, kind of the point though? You want to, you want your will swallowed up in the will of the father. You're kind of giving up your, your own innate identity. I'm not saying agency, but your own identity to be more aligned with heavenly father and Jesus Christ. You want to live as they would have you live. You want to act as they would have you act. And so, yeah, you can be individual, but I think there's, there's an aspect there where we want to become one at one mint is, you know, a big part of our theology, the at one mint. So you want to be at one with Jesus Christ. That, that means you have to sacrifice parts of those parts of yourself that you, that are hard, that maybe you don't want to sacrifice. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, so that's what President Ballard's saying is, yeah, you want to have an identity, but you want it to be the eternal identity, yeah. right? You don't want it. You don't want to sacrifice something not eternal for something that is. And, and so that, that's a big thing. I think, you know, obviously if we, if we, you know, take upon ourselves a group identity, you know, a lot of times it can be really easy. Oh, well, that LGBT, LGBT person punched the daylights out of the proclamation mm-hmm. reader, right? And so all LGBT people are, are bad, right? Or this Desnap person said something mean on the internet and was rude and said a, said a naughty word, right? And so all Desnap people are bad, right? And what, what that's doing, it's taking the atonement away from people as individuals. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. So that's kind of... I, I think that's a tool of Satan, you know, to to make everything a collective rather than, you know, an individual, you know, every, every individual has to take his own path. And, you know, obviously as a group, you know, our goal is to help and strengthen, um, you know, people so that they can stay on the rod, right? That's That's the only goal. It's not to, you know, to form, you know, some idolatrous identity, you know, identity. And I think, you know, that's something that we should just, take it take stock of and kind of look at ourselves and and make sure that we're aligned with the prophet so how does this relate back to let's relate back to the honor code all this talk of identities why do you think there are so many people and you look at the protests that broke out today and i guess they have planned for um friday they're going to protest down the church office building and why do you think that that problem with identities is is causing so much problem at BYU. Well, I mean, like I said, if, if you're looking at, at president Ballard's talk and you're, you're placing the secular identity above the eternal identity, Mm -hmm. right. My, my feelings are hurt because you're not respecting me as an LGBT. And so so, they've let, they've let that identity supersede that of, of a child of God. And so because of that, they're, expecting the school the church to bend to their identity yeah Uh, he pleaded with them he pleaded with them on tuesday he didn't make the announcement on tuesday he pleaded with them that their identity should be that of a child of god and and you know what all they heard was don't be racist don't be homophobic don't be this and don't be that well you know that's only one part of not you know you know, carrying our identity. It was, it was, he he basically gave us the antidote. 
Mm-hmm. He gave us the antidote. It was interesting how there is even people that uh, have used the Desnat tag before. We're kind of like, oh, this talk is probably for Desnat. And then when the letter came out from uh, the church education system from Elder Johnson and the reaction from the Progmos uh, was was very vocal and very public. They thought, oh, no, not at all. This wasn't at all for Desnat. This was for those those Progmos who who had a hard time with that announcement. And. Well, and it was really funny that, you know, two weeks ago, the Progmo, the Progmos were saying, well, are you guys going to follow the prophet? Are you <laughs> yeah. Follow the prophet? Yeah, no, exactly. Right. And we, and we said, most of us, I, I don't think there's anyone who said, no, I think we all said, yeah, if that's what they want, that's what it's going to happen. And we'll support it 100%. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, there were some people that were vocal in saying, hey, listen, um, I don't understand. Right. And, and with people like that on, you know, on the other side, quote unquote, the other side that are children of God, that are, that are covenanted baptized members, but are quote unquote on the other side that say, I don't understand. I don't think we have a problem with people saying, I don't understand, or I don't get this. It's, it's when there's subversive language, basically saying, you know, you have to bend the knee to my identity, you know, or this is going to change. I, I, it's been revealed to me that, you right. know, such and such policy is going to change. Right. right. My whole, my whole testimony on the gospel is, is based on, you know, this one aspect that I believe in that's going to change in the church. Not that I believe the church as is by the church will, you know, I believe the church will be one day this thing. And if it doesn't happen, they're crushed. Yeah. What's going to happen. Right. To your testimony? Right. You're basically exactly. the wrong things. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting so, to see I what, mean, what happens uh, going forward. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, man, in the next week, two weeks, month, there's big protests. There's people that are standing up. And and uh, that one picture that's going around or the, uh, of that guy who stood up and read the family proclamation during their die-in, um, that was pretty amazing. The, the bravery that he showed just to do that, I thought that was that was worth mentioning here. Yeah, and it, I think it's amazing that we have to say that that's brave, you know, uh, to to quote the words of the prophet on school grounds, on you know the Lord's ground, right? It's it's his, it's his, uh, you know, it's his property, and and he can't even speak what he believes without. Even on online, I've been seeing the comments. Well, that's a hateful way to do that, or that's not very nice, or you know, truth is truth. I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying that they need to express, quote unquote, their truth. Right. And that's okay to do, according to them. But only, you know, only one side is. And I think it's really interesting. We've seen the protests today and and I've seen, you know, administrators kind of ward off, you know, the counter protests, you know, the people that are, you know, wanting to read the proclamation and only allowing the one the one protest to go on. So, I mean, it's kind of something to look for, you know, look look at. Do you and think it's a matter of protection? Because the guy that read that read the proclamation, first it was it was said that he was punched or he was, but really it was he was holding the phone up next to his mouth so he could read the pro or up to his right. face and read the proclamation. And the girl that went for it was going for his phone and it was it looked like she was punched him in the head. So that that's you know that was I guess misreported at first, but. You know, she did attack him. She lunged at him. Do you think that they're just doing that so that 
they know which side is the violent side. They know which ones the ones aren't going to keep the peace. So they just said, hey, listen, no counter protest because we know they can't keep together. Well, that's an interesting that's an interesting point. I think a lot of times we are run we 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 run ourselves we um we govern ourselves to the lowest common denominator meaning that whatever brings out the least amount of conflict i think latter-day saints generally will try and diverge toward that end um which is kind of why they find us so offensive yeah no um i think in a lot of ways because we'll get to that a little bit when we talk because about it's not that we're it's not we're looking yeah it's not that we're looking for conflict but I think that we're not afraid of it either but yeah I I think that that's why they do it yeah I, I think they don't want to throw students out they don't want to throw no, students it's, out it's, it's a pain you know whether pain. They do you know you don't want to do that and I get that but you also want to keep everything from going turn into a real riot and I don't think that you know we're represented you know, you say, quote unquote, but I think there's definitely two sides to it. I'm I'm going to disagree with you on that a little bit. I think there are definitely two sides to this. And in, from my point of view, I'm not sure which side the administration's on. You know, I think they've been very they've they've used kid gloves with with the protesters. But with the counter protesters, those reading the proclamation, they've been very cold or haven't been very cooperative. And I I don't know. I. I'm not saying that I'm not going to be one of those guys that says the sky is falling and BYU is falling and it's all corrupt and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe that. I, I think there's 30,000 students there that more or less just keep their heads down. They're there to study, get a degree and get married and get out. And it's a very vocal minority right. that kind of, kind of lead this thing. And it it's kind of an annoyance and you kind of wonder, you know, what is your purpose at BYU? If this is what you're looking for, you know, what, why is, why are you here? If this is, you know, you know, it's, you know, it goes against what your identity is, what you, you've chosen to identify as. So why would you go here? What's the purpose of that? If not to subvert the doctrine, subvert the church. And that's a real question. I'd like to, I'd like to ask a lot of people. Um, if I could, if I could talk to them, if I was there, I would ask them that. And and I don't yeah. think they know this themselves. Yeah. I think a lot of people were, were caught up into it. We're caught, um, up in the moment and they get very emotional about it because of those, those, those identities that in the end don't mean much. Right. Well, I would say that, you know, I think what's really interesting is, you know, we're only a month away from mm -hmm. general conference and I don't expect anything to be like answered, you know, verbatim. This is what has to happen at BYU no. or, or anything yeah, it'll, like it'll that. go through the CES, but I think it's like this letter did. I, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, six months ago or five months ago, they were talking about, you know, we've got to be ready for this next general conference. And and this is a big one and it's going to be very special. And we want you as a people to prepare for it. And obviously it's kind of like when you go to the temple, you know, it feels like Satan will put up every single barrier he can, you know, to keep you from getting mm -hmm. to where you need to be. And I kind of feel like this is where we are with this general conference, where here we are almost to the finish line. We're a month away and, you know, quote unquote, all hell is breaking loose. Right. Well, Literally. OK, so you know, Satan 
is is at the door. And I, I guess people outside of BYU says, "Why are you? Why are you worrying about BYU? Why are you making a big deal about this?" Especially on social media, don't you know? There's so much more. I think there's people who actually are getting, I would call it like BYU battle fatigue, and um, they right. just kind of get tired of hearing about it every day and talking about it and seeing the 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 disagreements. But that's where the battle is. That's where that's where people are deciding their futures. It's been really interesting how I've seen tweets from people that say, you know, I went to BYU and discovered I was queer. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it's, they've, they've taken that identity on themselves. They've said, okay, before I wasn't that. I was an 18-year-old um, AP honors student, whatever. And then I came to BYU and found out, oh, I'm, I'm gay. I'm a lesbian. And their entire identity changed. Many, Many such cases, cases, right? You know, they've taken that identity on themselves. And I think that's really interesting that it happened to BYU. So BYU is a critical spot, a critical place that, that a lot of us, you know, face or a lot of us are, are putting a lot of concentration on. Because, man, if you lose BYU, you lose that influence you have on those students that go through there forever. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you can't underestimate the importance of BYU to the church. And we've seen that just because of the the news coverage and the media coverage of this. They're they're covering the, the, the protesters. They covered it two weeks ago. You saw it from, you know, the Washington Post to CNN to, you know, it was national news that, you know, supposedly the honor code had been changed. Right. So you can't underestimate the importance of keeping BYU mm -hmm. BYU. Right. And I know that there were some comments last week that were kind of making fun of us because neither one of us went to BYU. Well, right? I went to BYU. I so, don't know if that's not BYU. You know, I don't know what it is. Right. It's it's been the one that's held steady, held the course on this whole honor code stuff. There's I mean, they, the protests at BYU, Idaho today, they're like, yeah, we had protests at BYU, Idaho. They kicked us off campus. And I'm like, well, heck, yeah, they did. Like, that's BYU, Idaho. Get off campus. Go on to public land. Versus at BYU, you saw the whole well, mess where they're running around the quad and just basically have run of the place. Well, it's been kind of kind of interesting. I guess one good thing is I'm starting to see a lot more uh, tweets from these uh, from the other side, quote unquote, that, you know, they're saying, you know, it's time to leave. Yeah. You know, you're welcome somewhere else. And, you know, let's let's transfer. And we're like. That's kind of what we were telling you you should do yeah, all along. Just don't right? go there. So and that was offensive to them. But now they're like, maybe we shouldn't right. go here. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, there's options. Yeah, there's options. Well, People have agency. They say, well, I have agency. You can't take away my agency. Well, exactly. <laughs> You've got your agency to like go I wherever you want. Week, if, if, that's, if you really want to be your education, look up Pathways. You know, you, can, you have to get the, the ecclesiastical endorsement. But, you know, no one cares if you're taking classes online in a skirt and you're a dude. <laughs> so right. and, and i don't think i think the church is okay with that more or less i'm not going to speak for the church but you know don't go to byu and sign their honor code and their behavior and expect to, to live your own behavior standards and not up to code with theirs i guess is what i'm saying right well we're getting along in this do you want to do uh tweets of the week <laughs> man i could talk about this for two hours and everyone would be so bored but i would love it but yeah let's do uh let's do some tweets of the week um, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Buddy. So this is a new feature we thought we'd do. Just as we go throughout the week, we see tweets that we like, either funny or important, or or another quick, you know, talking point. 
um, that would be good for us to talk about on this podcast. And I, man, so much has happened in a week. It's felt like a month since we did our last podcast, honestly. But the three that I want to do, we're going to do a brony sandwich. So I'm going to do, <laughs> oh. I'll do the one from, from Tanner Guzzi. Then I'll do our favorite brony and I'll do one from Jay Ruben Clark. Um, so Excellent. the one from Tanner Guzzi is from March 4th. And when this whole honor code kerfuffle fiasco, whatever you want to call it, was going down, there was a, an ex member, ex professor at BYU who basically said, Hey, I'm a member of the LGBT community. I taught at BYU and they tagged all these media companies, DM me and I'll give you a story. And Tanner Guzzi said, and this is at Tanner Guzzi on Twitter. Imagine thinking you are oppressed when you can call every major media outlet to your side. And that's, and that's so much exactly. shows or is illustrative of the uphill battle that we have. And the reason why I think Desnat is necessary because before you could, they, their side could call every media company to their aid, had, get quotes in the Tribune, get quotes, dare I say, the Deseret News um, and other media outlets. And now, we, like you said, we've seen it going to CNN, Washington Post, this whole, this whole honor code thing. Yeah, I've, I saw Vice mm-hmm. and Slate and, you know, the Mother Jones, right? <laughs> You're running the mill. You're running the mill so, media, right? And they claim the media you can trust. When we're not quite into Pride Month yet, but every huge corporation celebrates it. Every media corporation promotes it. You know, these this ideology or this this identity. And we're just fighting for our own beliefs. And so I think I was really, really poignant for of him to say, listen, we are kind of alone out here. There is very, there are very few people on our side that are telling our side of the story. And so that, that was really important. The next one. So this is the, that was Tanner Guzzi. So when BYU released their letter or when I guess CES released their letter from Miller Johnson, uh, BYU, the official account sent out a tweet with the picture or yeah, a picture of the letter and, and right. this is, I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, Dr. Kanko Kaje or Kanko Cage. It's at K-A-N-K-O-K-A-G-E. Warning, he is a brony, so you have to deal with that. Um, but he said the true CES letter hashtag does that. I thought it was so funny. I mean, it's, it's one thing that just blows out uh, that whole um, terrible document that was created. And it was the best tweets. The best tweets are so clever. They, you know, you can usually get double meaning. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was masterful with that tweet. Um, and, and just by the way, he he posted a story on um, Tiancom's Javelin today, which was very good. And, and you should share it all on Facebook. But yeah, that was yeah, a genius I loved it. Tweet. I, I was laughing so hard at that. And it's as of now, it's got like 120 likes. So, I mean, it was it was pretty popular. Um, and then Very the last good. one uh, was from J. Ruben Clark. That's J. It's at J. Ruben Clark, but the L is an I, a capital I, just so you know. And um, he was he was doing a dunk thread, which a lot of people said it was in bad taste to kind of dunk on the people when the letter came out. But I think at some point it's 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 important to call those people out 
and say, listen, this is what you were saying. We stood firm the entire time. This is what he says. He's like, here's who, but here's who I really want to dunk on the chicken little right wing Exmo. That's ex Mormon or quasi snuff, right? Snuff rights are a break off sec cucks who never miss an opportunity to mock Desnat for sticking with the brethren. Even when things are confusing or difficult, you know who you are and you are cowards. And the follow-up tweet, you make a big show of how based and red pilled you are. And then you bug out of the war because you don't have the balls to fight. You claim to love the old quote unquote based Brigham, but you lack the faith to deal with problems that are a fraction of what he faced. Cowards. And I think a lot of us who stuck, stood with the, stood with the brethren who stood with, you know, BYU and say, Hey, listen, let's wait this out. Let's see what the brethren say. We, th- we think there's more clarification coming, but if not, we're going to stay with it. Like we're going to still support the brethren. We're still going to sustain uh, them as prophets, seers and revelators. And a lot of the people and coming from me personally on the, on the right side of the political spectrum spectrum, they do the like, oh well the church is is giving up the church is going more secular and and they are just as in danger if not more of apostasy than progressives because they think that the church isn't led by prophets that isn't inspired and it was nice to say hey listen look we're vindicated we stuck with the prophets and we were vindicated not because we're better than they are we are but not <laughs> but 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 because like listen you know the church <laughs> exactly. is true it is led by um, those chosen by Christ. And so that was that was kind of a good feeling. It's like, right. Yeah, we we stayed faithful. and We're blessed. Now, is that going to happen every time? I don't think so. But for this time, I think it was a real important win. I think I think every time we will be blessed. But um, will we have, quote unquote, victory every time? Um, the, the, the whole thing is, is it, it goes back to what we were talking about before with our identity. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you're just a you know, an alt-right group or you're right-wing or you're conservative. And, and obviously we talk about progmos because they're more left-wing or, or I see what you to say that the, but the alt-right is a, gayer than the protest today. <laughs> you know, I, just, I hate the alt-right and they hate right. us and that's fine. I, you know, I have, I have no love for them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I've talked about it before. My, I mean, my wife is Mexican, right? The alt-right hates us. <laughs> the all right hates uh, Latter-day Saints and they hate <laughs> people like me. Um, so they, they just use it as they, they try to put us into a box where we have to fight for our identity. When, like I said, we've kind of let our identity <laughs> go. Right. And we, we've kind of set ourselves free from all of that. And they, you know, so any sort of label that they try to attack us with, yeah, from, it kind from of the, just pings off left. because they, they see us or as, the yeah, because we can attack both, both extremes. Yeah. will attack us, and we're not necessarily exactly. moderates. I wouldn't say I'm a moderate, but like, you know, both sides are no. using their identities and getting lost in them. They've be, they turned their their identities into idols, and they're getting lost. Exactly, exactly, and so it's kind of that was a really cool tweet. So you could see, you know, it's not just one group that is that is fighting the prophet we're actually fighting every mm-hmm. group that is against the prophet. So yeah, yeah very well done, J. Reuben Clark. So I'm going to get to mine. Uh, I had a couple of tweets uh, that I enjoyed. Uh, I've got a little bias here. The first one, I got to get a shout out to Nima PhD. And that, that's the title. Now it looks like uh, this person is a, a newer Twitter user, got about a hundred followers. The, the ad is at blade. Zedits or B L A D E Z E D I T S. 
And so what happened was there was, I, I made a tweet, um, you know, basically showing the complaint that we had on our podcast that we weren't BYU students. Right. And so I got a reply from her. Oh, so basically the tweet was, you know what, USU, Utah State is way more based than BYU <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, you know, especially if you no. went to, to Institute, uh, the Institute, the Institute at Logan is awesome. So uh, she replied with a picture of Big Blue, who is the mascot at Utah State. And she put laser eyes <laughs> in Big Blue. And, and, and all, she, all it said was Chad Big Blue versus homosexual <laughs> cougar. So, so uh, shout out to Nima for the awesome tweet. I will give anybody with Utah State uh, tweets a big shout out on this podcast. Uh, this and a second, huge bias. <laughs> uh, second tweet. Yeah, well, I'm going to, you know, hey, BYU people, make your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, second one I got is uh, at back from that. Uh, we know him as Danny. We love Danny. And he's actually got a couple of really good ones uh, where he, he makes his own gifts and, you know, we'll label it and, and do like a whole storyline. So uh, it was three days ago. He did a gif um, where basically the, he had a polar bear um, sitting on the ice and it was supposed to be like this progressive polar bear. And it, it was talking, you know, saying, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm a victim and I love Bernie and, and I wish the church would love me more and LGBT and all these things. And, and, and then it's got, it cuts out to a seal below the ice. This black seal comes up to the ice and it pops its head out of a hole. And, the, the polar bear is shocked and rolls over and is upset and it's triggered. And it says, Desna, you all right. I hate you. You're <laughs> full of hate and, and anger. And the seal says one word. It says, follow the prophet. And then it goes away. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, probably better, I really it's enjoyed probably better that tweet. Than described, yeah, but you got you to gotta look it up. So follow. Well, the nice thing is I actually oh, posted perfect, it on perfect, the Tiancom's Javelin Facebook page. So it's, it's actually on there um, as my choice of tweet for the week. So if you want to see it, it's at the uh, it's on the Facebook page <laughs> for all you boomers. Um, go, go to go to Facebook and, and share Tiankum's Javelin. So do you want to go on to the next yeah, segment? You, you had on what is it, a couple of days ago on Monday asked for or Tuesday asked for a cup for questions from the TJ podcast account. And man, there's, there is a couple, I wouldn't say good questions, but there's a couple interesting questions that we could, we could talk about. And the first one that we're going to talk about, where is it? Oh, here it is from the key of light, a key of life. And it's at of Artex. Uh, I don't think TK smoothies will actually lose their genitals, but they will lose their power to procreate. What do you think? You're gonna feel that one. You're the you're the TK smoothie expert so, among us, so you're gonna have to answer that one, man. Yeah. So, well, this is you know, I'm this is me, and I'm throwing my tie over my shoulder as the seminary t- seminary teachers used to do when they were talking about you know when they were about to preach their own like doctrine, doctrine and not doctrine of the church. <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, Deep you can call it false doctrine. doctrine. You know, I have a testimony. 
Yeah, I have a testimony of TK smoothies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So uh, my first experience, I didn't know them as TK smoothies. My first experience with TK smoothies was I was sitting in my mission president's office and he explained to me about the doctrine of, you know, um, having different bodies when you're resurrected. And it really just made sense to me. Um, if you read in first Corinthians 15, 40 to 42, where it talks about that's the verses in the Bible where it talks about the uh, celestial and terrestrial kingdom, but it doesn't say there will be celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. It says that there'll be, no, it doesn't say there's celestial kingdom and terrestrial kingdom. It says that there's celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. And say, Oh, that makes sense. You have a different body. And he's like, yeah, he's like, the, the quote from my mission president was there's a reason why there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I'm not lying. That's how he taught me about TK. Well, so internally in my mind, I, I gave it my own name and I called it the Kendall theory. So I called it the Kendall theory. And so when I was introduced to, to you and Adam and, and the rest on, on Twitter, I remember we were chatting for a little bit and Adam said, oh my gosh, are we going to talk about TK smoothies? Because somebody mentioned it. And, and I said, is that the Kendall theory? <laughs> Cause that was the name that I had given it. Right. And uh, you know, so now it's a it's meme a and meme. It's we just, use, awesome. you know, Kendall's. It's yeah. It, it's, it's a glorious awesome. meme. I mean, we use Kendall's and any apostate, we can just, you know, put a quote of them and then just, title tk smoothie Being so judgmental and yeah it's it's a wonderful it's it's a wonderful doctrine um well you know what i'll be honest to you i actually taught one of my converts uh, about tk smoothie and and i said if you're not careful if if you disobey your covenants oh, then you're gonna lose your balls and and so i know that i know forever <laughs> he's gonna stay active right right yes <laughs> He was, he was, he was very motivated. I mean, if you're not going to be motivated by the spirit, men are motivated by one other thing. So um, we'll fill the next question. I'm a man, Dustin. I'm right here. (laughs) You're you're not motivated by that at all. Okay. Um, (laughs) You lost lost your man card. Go. Um, And the other question is from, the colonel we call him the colonel he's a really good guy and his we love the colonel is at col underscore james 83 we call him the colonel when do you know whether to use the sword or the shield and uh, there wasn't really a clarification on this question so i'm going to make some assumptions about it but when we fight when we fight on twitter it's not real life but we sometimes you know, say, Hey, sometimes you're offensive. Sometimes you're defensive. You have to be defending the church. Sometimes you have to go offensively. And I think that's, a. It, it's really hard sometimes for new people to understand, well, when are you being too aggressive? When, when is it good to just, you know, say, LOL, okay. And move on. And that's a question that um, I thought a lot about. And when I created my Twitter account a long time ago and kind of, de- you know, does, or, uh, dedicated to, to more or less Desnet, um, there was two strategies I had in mind. Um, and I'll be trying try to be quick about this. This is a piece I've been thinking about writing for TN Comes Javelin for a long time. I know you'll kill me for not doing it, but basically I think there's, there's two strategies that you can employ. One is the TN Comes strategy. 
and one is the Moroni strategy. And the Tiancum strategy, if you remember the story in the Book of Mormon, Tiancum sneaks into the tent and he kills um, the leader of the Lamanites. And he does it twice. And the first time it's effective, kills him. And what happens? The leader is replaced with another leader who's just as bad, if not worse. And the and he gets killed. He loses his life in the process. So while it was effective, you killed the target. You you stabbed him in the heart with the javelin. The you know what's what replaces him isn't any better, and you didn't really have that much of an effect. Versus the Moroni strategy, which is what Moroni did was he built walls, he built uh, strongholds in his cities. And then the most important part was he fortified his people. He taught them the gospel. He taught them to be united, to um, keep the commandments, to keep their covenants, and to be united as a people for their own defense, for their common defense. And what happened was, is we see that Tiancum lost his life and Moroni was a great general that, that led a lot of armies and was more effective because he had that strategy. So sword and shield. Um, I think we can use the Moroni strategy and I think that's the more effective one for us. And that's what we've been trying to do. So you build a culture, you build a community on Twitter or on social media that you're basically building walls around and then you're arming your people and training them. Hey, let's be more righteous. Let's, let's stand up for our covenants and commandments more so we can have the blessings that we need to stand when our enemies come against us. And that's kind of been my philosophy the whole time. And so sometimes it's it's more gratifying to use a javelin to the heart, the the Tiancum strategy. And I think people who have banned accounts use, use that strategy a lot. Um, but I think it's more effective <laughs> in the long term to build a community that that wants to be more righteous, that wants to work together to defend each other. And I think that's what we've done. So when to use it, it just it's it's dependent on your discernment, what the spirit says. But I think for most of us, I think the the Moroni strategy is what I've really tried to to do with with the hashtag and with with all of you guys on Twitter. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, I mean, I I was thinking about this question and and I thought, well, you know, who knew, you know, 18 years ago when I was in institute and I was studying to go on a mission. Right. And I'm thinking. I, I read the Bible and the Book of Mormon so that I could de- defeat evangelicals. And here I am 18 y- years later and I'm trying to defeat yeah, no, it's, Mormons. It's, right? it's, a, it's, a, it's really amazing. <laughs> Latter-day, Saints, mm-hmm. Latter-day Saints defeating Mormons. <laughs> so I wish I could go out there and defeat evangelicals again because, you know, they don't have the gospel and I want to defeat them. Um, but, you know, that's me being t- mm-hmm. Tiancum. That's why I named the Tiancum's Javelin. But what, what I think is interesting is, you know, what attracted me to Desnat is the the fact that you know it's not the, the the offense versus the defense thing is you know i think that what what's kind of upset me over the years is we're always so defensive about our faith you know well you know brigham young said this what do you think about that or or joseph smith had how many wives and you know and and the normal person will say well they, you know what they, we don't know yeah, you they, know they, exactly they, how they many wives yeah. Yeah. right instead of saying yeah, we're, we're like saying, man, he, he had what 18 a, wives. That, man, I wish he'd had 20, you know? Um, yeah, we're like, we're proud of being Latter-day Saints. And and so that's kind of what's, you know, it's not, it's offensive to some people to to show pride. And and pride is a bad thing in, in, in many ways. But uh, I think in some ways it's it's prideful to, to yeah, well, be go embarrassed. Back to your, go back to our identity Does that discussion. make sense? 
you know, so, if, if you're if you're choosing the right identity, if you're right. proud um, that you are a child of God, if you're proud that you're a member of the of the Church of Jesus Christ, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're lording that over people and, and you're you know beating over that with it, that's a bad thing. And I right. think that's what that's what a lot of be- progmos do is yeah, well, I have Mormon heritage. It's like, well, who cares? You're not you're not living it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it. I, I call it fake humility. You know. Well, you know what? Our prophets aren't perfect. You know what? They they're you know they made a lot of mistakes. And to me, like I said, that fake humility is is just as prideful as somebody yeah. saying, you know, I'm way better than you. You know, the, the, the I'm way better than you is a lot easier to identify as pride, but fake humility is is just as prideful and is just as damaging. Now, what you're talking about building walls, we're, we're here almost two years later, and, and now, you know, people can use the hashtag in ways that, you know, we're not using it. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I loved what Desnat's doing, and guess what? I can bear my testimony online the way that I want to do it without fear of, you know, being, you know, ratioed or, or, or having, you know, the hordes come down on me because they know that if, if, you know, they, the hordes come down on somebody that bears their testimony, guess what? Yeah, they've exactly. got a defense, they've got walls. Right. And, and, and so, you know, we've got a lot of people that do, you know, different things and they're able to bear testimonies in different ways that, you know, wasn't possible two years ago without those walls. And, and so like, I mean, I'll give an example and we talk about her a lot. Um, Macy um, it's at Macy something. Everybody knows anyway, Macy. we just know her as Macy and right. And she does a really great job on Twitter, right? She doesn't do Desnet like we do, right? She, she uh, offers her takes and, 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 you know, she's not out there trying to fight people. A lot of people try to fight her. Right. But she's not out there trying to fight people. And, and she's she's just a young girl just out there trying to, to bear her testimony. But she's got those walls and she knows that if she she uses the hashtag and people come down on her, that she's got people that will defend her, you know. And and so, yeah, it's like you talk about. It's culture and and, you know, the, the walls offer protection for those people that just want to, you know, be you know, your everyday, normal yeah. Latter-day that's, Saint. That's really all we're hoping to, to achieve with, with, with the hashtag is just to create kind of a, a kingdom of God, but like on Twitter, because it's got to, it's got to exist everywhere at some point. Might as well start now trying to make it happen. So, right. So is there uh, no, any, anything else we want to cover? Pretty long already. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the honor code in the next, mm-hmm. next month. I, who knows what we're talking about again next week. They new developments happen, but uh, stay tuned because whatever happens, it will be interesting. Especially since we're getting closer to conference. So. Yep. We'll have, we'll have plenty to talk about and I could barely wait for this week and uh, (laughs) I already can't wait to talk to you next week. All right. All right, until then, Brigham Young did nothing wrong. We the first.
presidency and the council of the twelve apostles of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints solemnly proclaim that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. We declare that God's commandment for his children to multiply and replenish the earth remains in force. We further declare that God has commanded that the sacred powers of procreation are to be employed only between man and woman lawfully wedded as husband and wife. We declare the means by which mortal life is created to be divinely appointed. Marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. We warn that individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities, will one day stand accountable before God. Further, we warn that the disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. to all a careful, thoughtful, and prayerful reading of this proclamation. The strength of any nation is rooted within the walls of its homes. We urge our people everywhere to strengthen their families, 
in conformity with these time-honored values. Thank you.